At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lombicure, the world messenger, and I have a very special guest that I'm super jazzed to introduce. I will definitely let him to extend upon because I will never be able to do the justice of how many things he already accomplished. He's fairly young, but insanely successful in so many levels. And he can even define what the success looks like, means, and feels like because everybody have a different definition of success but his passion his drive strategic and leadership thinking obviously helped him not only to be successful and work with top fortune 500 companies around the world but to really make an impact in difference not for the, just corporations but in personal and professional life i love that he's philanthropic i love that he's supporting uh through charity and and everything that he does, specifically some efforts he's doing in the United States, as well in Haiti and other parts of the world. Without further ado, I wanted to introduce you to Michael Robinson. Michael, welcome, how are you? Hey, I am so glad to be here. Thank you, Isabella. Like I, I anytime I get to just hang out and talk about the things that I love doing, it's just it's the best to me, absolutely the best. So I, um, thank I, you. Absolutely, but I can't agree more. And, and it's just such a beautiful, nice organic synergy and, and a great vibe. And I really wanted to give the most value to our global audience. So guys, you are here for the treat. So Michael, if you don't mind to share a little bit about your background, your personal background, where did you grow up? And I mean, you were joining us sure. right now from Tennessee, but yep. I'm sure you did not necessarily start there. So, well, actually I started here and then I've been all over the world. So oh. what's, what's always interesting about this is, is as many times as I've gone and traveled and, and moved and tried to build companies or things, other, other places, I always come back here. <laughs> you know, I think home, home often always draws us back. And, uh, <clears throat> but you know, I started my career actually in the jewelry business. So I, I grew up here in Tennessee, Southern family, very conservative, um, just a normal family, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, and, and I loved it. And, you know, it's interesting. My, my parents, my grandparents, everybody lives right around me. I mean, I can drive to their house in a, a matter of minutes. And so I, I do love that. And that was how I grew up. But uh, right out of school, I, I am actually, and I tell people this all the time, I did not go for a high degree program. I didn't go study, you know, in a master's program or anything like that. I just jumped right into something that I was passionate about. And I jumped into the jewelry business right in while I was in college and uh, built a career in sales that ultimately parlayed just within a matter of a couple of years to owning my own stores and building a career from there. I've worked in the nonprofit space, um, yes. both in humanitarian efforts and also, you know, I have a I have faith is a big component for me. So, you know, I, I actually served for a long time as a pastor of one of the largest churches in the United States. Um, but the whole time I was doing the nonprofit, I actually owned my jewelry stores. I operated those because I'm such an entrepreneur at heart. I love the, the process of building. And then um, in 2014, I, I kind of sold off and walked away from those things and stepped into a place of helping other people. 
and being able to pour into other people's lives. And that is, that's basically when I started interacting with these fortune 500s that you talk about being able to go in and my specialty and what I'm so passionate about is helping great leaders really align the inside and the outside, making sure that their heart is seen and known and heard, but also for themselves, you know, that fulfillment that occurs when we're being a hundred percent authentic and 100% aligned in our, on the inside and the outside, because I think a lot of, uh, you know, professionals, you know, executives, entrepreneurs, business owners, I think just the human journey as a whole, our professional life and, and our personal life never really get to come together fully. And so we always have this tension in life. And so um, I've spent my time really helping, uh, you know, leaders in, in the corporate world align that through communication, because when you do that, they can lead teams and build companies. And it's something that I've always said, if you can get a team to speak the same language, nothing gets in the yeah. way. And so that's what I've done over the years. I've had the privilege of working with companies like Coca-Cola, BP Oil, um, you know, all the major uh, casino groups in, in Las Vegas. I had the privilege in 2018 of being invited to Sir Branson's place in Switzerland with a number of great leaders and being able to share and teach this information there and work with those with those people. I mean, that to me, that was one of the most humbling things and like crazy things because I'm a I'm kind of a I, I used to say all the time I'm kind of a nobody. I mean, I've I've been successful. I built a career, but nobody really knew me. And I get invited into a room like that and get to share. But um, you know, along with that, I've I've kept my hands in an entrepreneurial journey, a few tech startups, some very successful exits along the way. Yeah, but my focus now, Isabella, is to just give back, to pour into people's lives, you know, to and, and I want to leave the legacy of being one of the most generous people that ever lived. And so you mentioned Haiti. That's a place where I pour a whole lot of time, effort and energy uh, into. I love that country. Um, I call it my second home. And it's because I spend so much time there and have over the last 20 years. Um and, you know, for me, what drives me is what value can I add to somebody else and how much can I give and how can I serve in my journey? Wow. You've been on the amazing roller coaster ride and definitely a lot of personal transformation for yourself as well as everybody around you. And what right. I love about your experience, it is, Michael, that you speak experientially as well and, and bring so much value to the table because a lot of times we're hearing a lot of people who want to support and give their expertise, but they're very theoretical. They've never really been in situations that are were challenging or difficult right. so you can really quickly tell you know it's like yeah this sounds really in general in general terms really good but right. in reality things are very very different so from the pastor from very large church in the united states to then uh, obviously a serial entrepreneur and working for a fortune 500 executives and executive team which i also know it's uh, that is the place uh space that i also play quite a bit it's, it's yeah. a very challenging point of entry it's hard to build a trust but not even that even when of its trust build it's just so fragmented and more than ever we have right. the biggest pain points right now right that's right face so um we, we're unpacking now everything that you shared a little bit here sure if you don't mind how did you get into obviously from your servant heart yeah. you have to be servant heart and love people to be successful pastor in the church sure. and then from there to realize I, I i now wanted to do something else that i want to also feel more personally fulfilled so do you mind sharing how your journey 20 years ago starting in haiti uh because seeing images and knowing yeah. and being involved and, and rehabilitating so many people from all over the world uh for over a decade and then 
after that being involved in so many initiatives, one thing that always breaks my heart is elderly and children and seeing yeah. magnitude of homeless children, abused children, sexually trafficked uh, children. Um, that is something that I, again, yeah. uh, I, I just, I just cannot ignore. It's hard. It's so like, it is one of those things. And I think, um, you know, speaking from someone who grew up in the middle class world in, in the United States, um, I think we're very sheltered from the reality. And I, I think, you know, those things happen in the States too, but I think we're very sheltered from abject poverty as a whole. Yes. Um, and, and the struggle that exists around that. And, and also just, we take for granted the systems, the structures, you know, and I, I don't even say the freedoms. I wouldn't say it's, it's about the freedoms. I think it's about the systems and structures that support the life that makes us comfortable. And um, so, so, you know, it made an impact on me. I went to Haiti, like I say, it was just almost 20 years ago now. And I got invited on a trip uh, for an organization because I was speaking uh, all over the place and they wanted me to be a representation and, and help raise money for their organization. So they flew me to Haiti, took me around for three days, let me experience the people, the culture, the moments. And I mean, from the time that I hit the ground in Haiti, there was just kind of something again, I, I say, you know, at the heart level, the spirit just kind of connected really deeply. Mm. And so, you know, I started as a supporter, you know, really just going and, and taking people to experience what I experienced um, to be able to raise money for those things. And I realized after about two or three years, this is too important for me just to occasionally come here or just to make sure that some people donate some money. I need to help build an initiative. I need to take, you know, some, some responsibility. If I'm going to give this much time and energy to this country, to these people that I've, I now call my second home inexplicably, then I need to take a, a bigger role in that. And so after a few years, we started the process of opening children's homes, specifically for children that had been trafficked. Um, and this was before the earthquake. Always always preface this. This was before, as I like to yeah, say- it was, it was already horrible that and yeah. very bad before earthquake, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, and I often say, I've been in sexy long, or in Haiti long before it was sexy to go to Haiti, you know, because, yes, yes. you know, crises make places sexy to show up and, and, and do your thing. And I, you know, I was already well established at that point, but, you know, we worked with, we, we now served in the last 15 years, we've served about 1700 kids that have lived in our different children's homes, uh, across the Island. And, you know, one of the things that we got, that I got really passionate about as I started watching these children grow and age is that they didn't have a lot of opportunity once they aged out. So, they, you know, they had nowhere to go. They had no skills. And so we, we started trade, you know, trade skill type training in the or, uh, orphanages, uh, computer training. We got involved with an entrepreneur center that exists in Haiti to, to help give these kids connection and opportunity. Because one of the things that, that's really important to me, and I think this is true as leaders. So whether it's Haiti, whether it's here in the companies that we build or the families that we build, the lives that we lead is really inspiring and giving them hope that they have what they need and they have an opportunity to do something. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. You know, I've got, we just had a discussion the other night in, in clubhouse um, with a yeah. group of my Haitian friends. And we were talking about what should change in, in Haiti. And one of the things is, you know, that expectation that you're only successful if you become a doctor 
or a lawyer or in finance or in government or, you know, these things. And, you know, one of the things that's been really important and really exciting to me is to be able to support these young men and women who want to maybe open a barber shop or a small, you know, care facility for children or those things that in their culture is not defined as success, but then you get to see them build those little businesses in their community and just explode. So it's been, it's been a fun process. Um, so much so that my youngest daughter is adopted from Haiti. And so it's a, it is an absolute big piece of my life. Mm, that is so powerful. And uh, so many people that may not know, obviously all of us went through those pivotal moments in life that stimulate us to want to do. And for me, I was, since I was five years old, contributing to Matters Teresa's charity and yeah. always really look at to different parts of the world, including, you know, understanding, you know, what's going on. I mean, watching Gandhi movies with yeah. my dad. So to me was way before, because a lot of people think because I survived a war and I was, I lost everything. I went through so much that it was the, one of the reasons that I became philanthropic. I was like, right. I, that was my, embedded in my bones. It was already who I am. It was how I was raised. It was in my DNA. So when, when you're saying that, I can see the yeah. same thing because the choices you made obviously just continue to pivot. We also have a, have a Christina Kruger here mentioning that you guys have yeah. a lot of similar stories specifically because she was adopted in an orphanage in Russia, a former Soviet Union, and before they changed quite a bit of the landscape yeah. of the country that there are. And thank you for Christina sharing that. That is really powerful. So question specifically for you, what advice would you like to have for someone entering this type of situations? And what she was mean, because it's so long since into the remote work. Screen, but what yeah. she's trying to say is, I love people and the interactions. What advice would you like to give to someone entering entering this type of situation? Meaning when they are not coming from the same cultures, cross-cultural stuff. And that is really what, what we're also talking about here today, right? Yeah, Christina, what I would say, I was reading the, the, the question for you there. And, you know, I look at it and he, here's what I would tell you to do. We're connecting right now. You know, uh, Isabella and I connected online. We've been able to interact and uh, I'll tell you right now, the magic of Clubhouse, I can't say this enough. I, I, I talk about it all the time. I think it's going to kind of revolutionize the way we interact with people. And, 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 and it's interesting. We've spent so much of the last 10 or 15 years moving away from direct interaction with people into this digital space where, you know, we pick up our little screens and, you know, we interact from the screen. And it's interesting because with Clubhouse, I need the screen to interact, but I don't need the screen. I just need the device because I'm in there and I'm having conversations. I'm connecting with like-minded people. I'm, I'm discovering new things. I'm having conversations with people I never would have. And it's really a beautiful thing. I think in any part of our leadership and Christina with you uh, in your situation, you know, not feeling isolated from people, and not having to feel disconnected, you've got to, it's a really unique safe space right now to be able to go in and connect with people that think like you, look like you, talk like you, or exactly the opposite. Don't think like you, don't look like you, don't talk like you. And to be able to gather in a common space together and listen to each other to connect and, and learn. And share, because uh, Christina, yeah. your story is very powerful by sharing that will tremendously impact. And it's right. spot on about that. Cooper also was mentioning, you know, difficult to enjoy social 
closeness because of current time it is cooper for so many people uh, because yeah. many people are even with devices still feeling like they're not understood feeling that on, on island we also have a marco mentioning about culture and how culture plays the big role so do you mind sharing a little bit about that yeah so i marco i assume that maybe you know in our conversation about haiti um, yes. you know and what what i love about the culture i think Here's something that I think was a really interesting thing to me. In the United States, obviously, we're we're considered successful if we stay really busy and we accomplish a whole lot of things. And I remember one of the first times that I I really was I was outside of the city. I was out in the countryside in Haiti, and some some friends took me to watch these guys build this house out of the ground. Like all the material came from right there. They were digging the rocks, stacking the mud, and they were building. And it was a beautiful home. And I was really amazed to see the land provide something. That was a cool, that, that in itself is a really cool teachable moment for me is that everything you have you or everything you need, you already have. You just need to know what to do with it. But they were going through and I remember they were finishing one of the last walls on the outside of this house as the sun was setting that day. And there was a section, not, not any bigger than maybe a football. And so many of us would stay there past dark past the time that we needed to go home to be with our family, past the time to practice self-care just to finish that section of wall. And they left. When it was time to leave, they left. And it was no deal. And I was sitting with one of those gentlemen at dinner and I asked him, how can you do it? Like that bothers me. I want to go finish that right now because I'm programmed to be busy and I'm programmed to finish and I'm programmed to accomplish. And he said, I did what I needed to do today and all that I could do today. And when I get up tomorrow, I'll do all I can do tomorrow. And it will be there for me to finish tomorrow. And I thought, how beautiful is that? And I think a lot of times what keeps me so connected to that is, it, you know, and granted, there obviously there are stretches and in, in places that are really hard to deal with, with the object poverty. And there's a lot of issues and things in that nation. But for the vast majority of Haitian people, that is their attitude. And it teaches me and it humbles me and it centers me and it keeps me keeps me tied and, and like I say, I, you know, when my kids get a little older, that may be where I just go and I never come back because <laughs> I love it so much. It, and the food, the food is amazing. I love good Caribbean food, specifically Haitian food. So, yeah, I can attest I have a lot of Haitian friends and some of them immigrated obviously to the United States and that's how we met them. And one of them actually was uh very talented tennis player but he was telling me the obstacles and challenges he had to overcome and how hard for him was to actually be able to continue because he was very fairly good but again if you don't have a money you can't invest in that and but right. the, the wisdom the culture and they will always smile things could be insanely hard and challenging but they will always find the reason right. to smile and look at on positive things and that is kind of a topic of conversation we're having here today isn't it we're also having here Christina thanking you for responding on her question. Yeah, Welcome, Christina. Absolutely. We're so glad you asked. Uh, so that is important. Um, we're also having Cooper, I believe, asking something. Okay, no question there. Um, we have a question that we're hearing from Esti. Esti can't even pronounce yeah, your name. Eustace, I see that. No, that's I, I love this. I love this statement. Why do we do that? Why do we work ourselves to death? And you know, it's an interesting thing. I think there's a difference between working, working overtime or working long hours because you're supposed to, or working long hours because you get to. And I think there's a big distinction in that in leadership that 
you know, I'm in a season right now of building a few things and creating a few things and, and some ventures and some relationships. And I'm so excited about it. I can't make myself stop. Like I'm going all the time, but that's a little bit different than I'm, I have to get it done or, or the world falls apart. That is not the place I live. And I think we've um, done ourselves a disservice in our culture in the United States that we feel like we have to accomplish so much more than we really need. And we, and then we think we need so much more than we really have to have. Absolutely. Running yeah. people to the bone and then the capitalism and capitalistic system and mentality right. that is actually falling apart because how many CEOs we know uh, between you and I that are very yeah. sick, unhealthy, went to second, third divorce, divorce changed so much in their lives, got yeah. sick. And, and now they're feeling like, where did I spend my years? And right. in their late 50s and 60s, they're absolutely unhappy and miserable. Right. And they cannot lead effectively. That's it's right. fortunate because we need to more than ever set up the boundaries and really know, but also bring back human factor in everything we do. Right. Yeah. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your perspective, specifically as we're right now seeing so many people struggling, right? So it's yeah. like, how do I talk to boss or what do I say? I was like, you guys have to be your own best advocates. It's a ways and right. how you can still do it that is effective. And, 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 but again, very meaningful that can help others to position well. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, you know, I think we really do have to learn to be okay and, and this is a self-care component, be okay with talking about what we're feeling or what we're experiencing and, and what we need and, and understand that if you don't talk about it, if you don't share it, if you don't put it out there, nobody knows to meet those needs. Nobody knows to meet you in that place. And I think so many times the frustrations that we carry are because we're not communicating. And if we don't communicate, then we have expectations that somebody else is going to figure it out. We have an expectation somebody else is going to help me, but if they don't know that they need to help, if they don't know there's an opportunity to take care of you, then they can't be there for that. And so being able to put that out there and, and it's vulnerable, right? It's a very vulnerable place for us to talk about the things that we're struggling with. I know this year, our, our 2020, you know, it changed a lot of things for people being at home most of the time, working remotely, being in the same environment with people that even though you may be, you know, partnered with, married to, you know, children you're raising, you generally had a, a space and time throughout the day that it wasn't all the time. And now that, that, you know, for a lot of people that changed this year and it's really being honest in that process of today, I don't want to see you. <laughs> you need to stay in the other room and it's okay. Like, you know, and, and, and I say this often, you know, my husband and I talk about this a lot. There are plenty of days he will say to me, I need you to stay in there. Don't come out here. I need a break. I don't need to hear it. You know, and, and of course I'm, I'm going like this all day long anyway. So sometimes he just needs to, you know, quiet or, you know, peace in, in his day. And, you know, but we've had to work through it. And when we've come to places of frustration with one another, you know, he and I, or, or my kids, you know, I've got a lot of them, but you know, when, when you go through that, you just have to be honest about it and talk about it. Very true. But you also have to create a safe space and, and still do right. it in a loving, loving way. Yeah. And when you say you have a lot of kids, you, you adopted a lot of kids yeah. from Haiti. So do you mind sharing how big is your family right now? So I have seven kids. So I have, I have a lot of them. Two of them are already out of the house. I have my two older daughters, who were foster to adopt here in the United States. Um, and so we're, we're a broadly multiracial family as a whole. Um, so my oldest daughter is from Uruguay 
and my uh, my second daughter is she's 100% American, um, but biracial. So you know, I, again, we kind of I say we look like the United Nations when we're That's all. That's what I say. I was like totally United and, or Unisa yeah. foster children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and then I have two bio. So next in line, I have two biological sons. And all of my, I have three, three biological children, but, and they're all fair skinned, freckled, redheaded, blue eyes. You know, they, they've got, the, they're their own minority as a whole is what I say. Um, and then yeah. I have a daughter from Ethiopia, a daughter from Haiti. And then my youngest is a, my biological son. So, um, so my husband and I, you know, we, we, those kids are just, a, they're our life. They're everything. And, um, wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, but there are crazy, crazy moments having a big family like that for sure. I so. bet, I bet. And, and and then on top of that, you continue to serve and show up and bring tremendous value. And that's why I also wanted to for global audience to hear because guys, um, we can always serve and contribute. And it went from one hour right now on the live on three different platforms with recording, with the sharing and with our global communities, even after the live is over, that's yeah. creating rippling effect because the content that we're producing here and information that we're sharing not only I hope based on questions and comments in here, it's 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 invaluable right now, but it's also a great reminder when really things get hard and tough. Yeah. Because not everybody figure it all this out, but if you have good boundaries, good self-esteem and sense of you know that you what you need and how to ask, that's a great starting point. Wouldn't you say that to fulfill that yeah. and, and to find that hope and success as well as peace? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, here's here's something I learned a long time ago, and I I I I think I learned this really in Haiti. Was an interesting story for me. I've never I've never been hungry because I had to be hungry. I've been hungry by choice, um, yes. but I've never been hungry because I didn't have. And mm. it's an interesting thing when, and this can be true whether it's you know hunger or any other major need in life. Um, you know, there's, there's this thing that happens when we're consistently exposed to something that is uncomfortable and that is missing. And we feel something is, is, is well missing in life. And if it consistently stays that way, we start to, we start to wear down. We start to lose kind of faith in life. We start to view the world a little bit differently. You know, our attitude becomes more pessimistic. And what I learned there is you know, you would think that the fix for someone who is struggling with hunger would be to feed them the way we're used to eating. But when you go in and you give a child a meal and it satiates in the moment, it's a beautiful thing. But if you can go to that child and say, I, I'm not only giving you this meal, but there'll be one tomorrow and there'll be one the day after and there'll be one the day after that. Here's what happens. I mean, there's a beautiful thing in, in saving lives for someone who, who is in that kind of poverty and that kind of need. But here's the thing that translates for all of us. And this is true in all of our stories, whatever they look like. Somewhere along the way, we all experience somebody that does exactly that for us. They yes. step in and they meet a need and they, and they don't just meet it one time. They consistently show up and say, and I'll continue to meet the need. And what happens is it gives way to hope. Because if I have an idea that something greater is still out there for me and that I'm not alone and that I'm going to have provision, I, I have hope. And where hope exists, miracles are born. I've always said this, but hope is the breeding ground of miracles. Because what I have seen in people's lives who had that little bit of hope, a little bit along the way, doesn't take much, just a little bit. And a little bit of hope is there. 
man, it just, it gives life. It sets people free. It, give, it just gives them strength and power and ability and agility to go and accomplish things that without that hope, they didn't think were, were, would be possible. So very true. And this is so powerful, guys. And I hope you uh, take it to the heart because even just the kind word, even just acknowledgement. I remember when I used to work on different initiatives with homeless and a first thing when they would say, you look at me in the eye. You saw yeah. me as a human. You did not just glance over, pass by, or had a this, this disgraceful, you know, expression or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then, at the same time, um, working with so many people that suffer due to horrible events that are being produced by mankind. It's different when we're having yeah. you know, mental catastrophe, and then it, that is also heartbreaking, right? But right. on top of when we also have wars and and genocides and ethnic cleansings and and horrible unspeakable events and torture. And, and even our own country right now, it is very, very yeah. hard. Uh, but that hope, as you said, about next meal minimize suicide risks. Right. Because that somebody cared, that somebody seen as a human, That's doesn't right. take away the, the, the essence that they truly do matter. Yeah. And right now, need in the world has never been the heart of the highest yeah. for all of these years, right? In a yeah. modern time, when we have this huge obsolescence, insanely high power, high successful billionaires and billion dollar enterprises. Yeah. And then we have this really huge fast growing, um, even even small to, you know, bottom line of the of the of the bottom of the people right. population yeah. poverty level that actually is increasing yes decreasing and and that is and and then everybody in between that are kind of trying to just to survive and juggle and figure things out yep and you know i i think something that's really important to think about is so much of people's success along the way so the difference between being one who's struggling to one who's thriving and and it, and I say it's financially, emotionally, everything. Most of that, most of the healthy uh, emotional places or the successful financial places were reached through one common ingredient, and that's relationships. Yes. None of us, not one of us on this planet, are that talented <laughs> or that <laughs> capable to accomplish that much stuff. It's it's the people around us and the and the people who speak into us. Now, could we do? But but here's an interesting thing. Part of the reason there's such a big gap that exists between the very wealthy and the very poor in any part of the world, but even in the U.S. today, is because we don't have relationships and we are not pursuing relationships when it when it stretches our comfort zone or when it's a little bit different and i remember you yes. know again, haiti haiti taught me a lot i mean it really has taught me a lot but it's also taught me and i pushed my comfort zone beyond in, in 2015 during the height of the wars in syria and the refugee crisis that was happening in that portion of the world um i worked i worked on a project to do a documentary film over there and so I, I went over and uh, participated with the crew for a couple of weeks. And we actually, this is an interesting thing. And I thought this was, uh, you know, talking about that hope and that proximity and, and making a difference. Um, we went in, I went into Aleppo at the height of the war, was there during the, you know, missiles flying, the bombs going off, the gunfire, you know, experiencing that and understanding. And I did it on purpose, as dangerous as it could be. I did that to understand somebody else's point of view. And then we came back to where the refugee camps were at the Lebanese border. 
And I spent the next two days living in those tents with those refugee families and just sharing life with them. And one of the things I never forget, a lady had told me she had lost her husband, uh, you know, in the war and the conflict. She lost a few children. She was there as a single mom raising these kids with no, nowhere to go, very displaced. And she allowed me to, to spend a lot of time during the day playing games with the kids and just hanging out and asking questions. And uh, when I left, she said, one thing that, has in, that will keep me going now is that I know somebody's paying attention. They see me. They see me and they know I'm here. And, you know, I couldn't change her life. I didn't have the ability. I could give her money, but I didn't have the ability f- to help her use that money to get a house. I didn't have, because she couldn't go back to Syria at the time. And she's not going to get citizenship in Lebanon. And, you know, where she was at and the way her life was, I couldn't fix that. And I didn't need to because just showing up in people's lives and being present can be all, it can be, like you said, it can be the difference in life and death for many people. That is so powerful and it rings so close to home because when we were uh, having war in, on the Balkans and the sieged, uh, Sarajevo or outskirts of Sarajevo and Bosnia and Herzegovina right now, um, a separate, obviously, republic on its own and, and country. Yeah. Uh, we had a, we had a similar experience like that because with so much news, so much propaganda, and, and you really felt like what, nobody pays attention. And I know it took right. a while to get some intervention and support and help, specifically that was a meaningful, right? Yeah. But, but, but we felt like, you know, this can go forever and ever. You just could not see right. the end of the... Uh, of the light end of the tunnel, uh, yeah. you just couldn't know if you're preparing, you know, for next year or two years, right. or dealing with the next two months. But you just know that so many things shifted, you know. So um, importance again, uh, having working on yourself. And this is what I want to ask yeah. you. Obviously, you have insanely well foundation of your own spirituality, your own inner strength, and your inner power. Sure. And I really want to emphasize how that is important, so that we can don't have to have all these traumatic events experienced uh, in order to gain that strength. Strength can be gained in numerous different ways. And then that could be also a great role model because you're pushing yourself every day further further than ever before, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, again, I adhere very strongly to the faith that I have. And, you know, it's, it's beautiful because it's very personal to me. Um, And it's something I I think we all need to believe in something, you know, whatever it is that you choose to believe in that, that deep there, because we have a spiritual reality to who we are. So however you see that, you know, if it's God, Jesus, spirit, power, universe, you know, whatever that is for you, there's an anchor for us to realize we are part of something that is bigger. And that thing that is bigger is invested in our well-being too. And I, and that I think is where we can, if we can really work and it's not always easy. I mean, look, the world is a hard place. And, you know, and I, I say this a lot of times too to young, young aspiring business leaders and, and entrepreneurs. If you think the world has been hard now, just wait till you try to do whatever you're doing. You know, it's going to get that much harder. You've got to have a place to, to rest. You've got to have a place where you can lean in and believe that there's something bigger out there who's invested in your well-being because we need that security to know I'm not doing this by myself. I'm not alone, you know, and, and I'm, I'm very clear about what I think and what I believe about that. Um, but I've also learned that people have to go on a journey. There's something, cause I adhere to a Christian faith and, 
you know, one of the things that I know is true that's in the scriptures that I read that that kind of guide my faith and help kind of point me in the right direction is um, towards the end of the scripture, as you go through the narrative, there's a passage that says, in the last days, I'll reveal myself. You don't have to educate them. It's in, in this book called Hebrews in the Bible. And it really spoke to me because, you know, I was a pastor. I, I was my job to tell people all of this stuff. It was my job to convince people to come along with where I was going. And then I started reading and, and I, I read something that I think is one of the most wise things. You can't force and manipulate. You can't change people. Absolutely. You can't make things happen. You can only step back and let what I call God do what he's going to do. Because if it is something bigger and we're going to have faith in it, then we're not in control of what it looks like. So we might as well let go of control and and just be, just simply be. That is so beautiful and that is so wise. And it's so beautiful when I see people walking their talk and, and practicing that and exuding that like you do and everything you do on daily basis. And guys, that then inner strength, that inner power will give you and propel you in those moments when sometimes yeah. is no one to give a hand. And, and, and I've been in that situation too. And But then, of course, it's always better when we have opportunity to have that opportunity that somebody can That's give right. us a hand in those challenging times. Uh, so we're much stronger, more powerful than we think that we are, right? I, I know, and you know, here's here's an interesting thing. Again, regardless of the the faith narrative that you believe in, um, something that I think we often forget is there's something there's just something bigger than us. And I used to say yes. this all the time that you know the beauty of it is is in the in the Christian story. There's this you know the beginning. It says in the beginning was God, and you know God created everything. But when it came to creating humans, and I love this, and it's not just in the Christian faith. There are a lot of different traditions across the planet who have a very similar origin story in their writings. And it, it, it kind of goes like this, is that 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 higher power basically got, got into a place of, of kind of that whole creative space and said, I'm going to create the humans mm. out of a small piece of my own DNA. I'm going to make them in my likeness. They're, they're a small picture of who I am. And I think, again, regardless of the label you put on it, the background that you come from, that, that, greater, that greater is a part of us. We're not separated from it. We're whole. We're one, you know, and it's real easy for us to separate and think, oh, there's big and small, you know, just like we do. There's rich and poor. Well, yes. no, there's just human beings, right? Yes. We live our whole lives with us and them as opposed to we. It's exactly. always been we. And when we can step into that, that's why we struggle. And look, it's not as simple. It's not as simple as saying that, but that's why we struggle with issues of prejudice and racism and sexism and ageism and all kinds of discriminations and separations and tensions that exist across the planet because we don't look at each other as being completely 100% equal and unconditionally loved just the way we are. I love it. And, and that is such a beautiful message, guys. I hope you paid attention because um, 
I even seen it in Clubhouse, you know, and other platforms and the way we socialize. Finally, I think this current event with Corona, with economical crisis, kind of help us to really strip down, as you said, to really look inward and decide. Right. It's really important, all of this, what we were trying to portray, why we're chasing either money or right. or influence and status and likes and dislikes and yeah. all the crazy things that truly don't matter, that really don't even fulfill us, but we're so no. in direction that are so destructive for us. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is what matters, the true genuine That's dialogue, right. opportunity to share, opportunity to include others in conversation and have a really solid global healthy perspective that's right i i I think that is so well said you know i think again i do so much conversating and coaching and consulting around the idea of success and i do want people to succeed but you know what drives me is the ability to i want to make the money so i can give it away i don't want to make the money so i can put it away and so I, you know, it drives me, but it's so crazy because people will look into my life and as much success as I have had, you know, they'll, they'll scratch their heads that I drive an older, older vehicle or, you know, that I don't live in the nicest house on the street or that I don't fly first class every time I get on an airplane, which I haven't been on an airplane in quite a while given COVID, but you know, and, and they, they question those things and it's because I've come to a place of peace that those material things, while I can enjoy them and at times I do. Uh, you know, it's okay to enjoy your success. It's okay to celebrate your success. But what I found is that I, because I thought it would do that for me too. What I found is it didn't bring me any joy. What, where my joy and, and my fulfillment and my peace came from was just being okay being me. Just being me. You know, I, I think that's one of the most incredible places that we can come in our journey is, you know, we've spent our whole lives acting like, you know, we use the term human being in our language to talk about the, the you know, human nature. And so what I say in response to that is most of us live our lives as human doings, not human beings. We're trying to do everything we can to get ahead. We're trying to do everything we can to prove our worth. We're trying to do everything we can to prove, you know, our position or our place or, you know, our existence. When in reality, the thing that the world needs the most from all of us is to show up and just be ourselves. I love it. That's genuine, real, honest, transparent. And that's where we are. I hope also that the direction between our efforts and our efforts of like-minded individuals, we also will see the shift with the leaders and the decision makers because the, that comes even bigger responsibility. Yeah. And as a result, definitely bigger level of consciousness and skill set that right. requires because what future leading really does require right now we have huge deficit and gaps in that and yeah. and then how to have a hope right. and how to have a peace knowing that's right you no know, you're like you can't on, on, undo it right so it's like, <laughs> that's exactly oh, right some things yeah. keep me awake at night because but again i'm so glad because for the people like you that we can align and make that transformational shift that yeah. is necessary yeah also on the big, bigger larger scheme uh, of the things in the world yeah absolutely Absolutely. No, I think you're exactly right. And I look, I think it it starts. It, we don't have to have a position. We don't have to be the leader. We don't have to be the influencer. We don't. We, you know, what I say, and and my friends, I have to give credit to to uh, Chris Winfield and Jen Gottlieb because I hear them say this all the time. And I don't know if it's their original statement either, <laughs> but you live with that idea of hope as an acronym. Help one person every day. 
Yes. Right. And mm -hmm. so living with that idea and what I've always said is do for one person what you wish you could do for everybody and then repeat that again and again and again. And I think when we do that, if we could lead that way, if we could live that way, if we could think that way, man, the world would be a different place. It, it would be an incredibly different place. I get so much, you know, I've gotten friction over the years. You know, I'm the guy who would be driving home after working in my jewelry store all day, you know, selling, uh, selling million dollar items. I mean, just doing some incredible stuff or speaking at a corporation and, and consulting in these places. And I'd be on my way home and I'm the guy who picks up the hitchhiker or the homeless guy and brings him home to my family, lets him take a shower, lets him eat dinner at the table with us and spends time getting to know him because there's a person underneath there. It's not just a situation. There's a human being there. And I've always loved that. It throws people off. It, it bothers people sometimes. My mom even struggles with it. She's like, I can't believe you let people like that just come into your house. And I said, well, first of all, I'm smart about it. <laughs> I can take care of myself if something happens. However, you know, I've realized like the difference in people's lives is our presence and showing up 100% and showing them honor and showing them respect mm -hmm. and showing them that there is hope for them because that's when lives begin to change. That is brilliant. And before you jumped on this call, I mean, I love also the story. I mean, you are in the son's room right now doing podcasts yeah. because you have a peace and quiet and like, it's totally like whatever, which is great. Right. How it should be. Uh, because you also let in your actual studio, other people that lost everything to stay yeah. and have and find a temporary shelter. And that's kind of how I always was. And I have to say, it's very challenging for people that are not on the same page. And usually they right. kind of drift away because um, because on the end of the day, I, I, I want us to, to, to know that we impact the world. Yeah. What mattered the most in those moments when they mattered the most. It's easier yeah. to come later on when when things shifted when things changed it and and i just want to say i kudos you because again you're doing so many things uh, on on daily basis that yeah. are great examples well, that we can do how can we find not only that hope in our own lives but out of other people's lives how we can exude that peace and right. that peace to the others but also how to extend the success and opportunity because we can't do everything ourselves right finding people that can support us and and be trusted partners or whatever it might be the scenario organically naturally or or or, or helping other businesses that are that are closed even with the advice guys it just right. everybody can give something because every single one of us has that's a right. value that's right Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just reading this question from Christina and I love this. I'm laughing at it because, uh, Christina, I hear you. Uh, my husband oftentimes tells me he's, he, he thinks I'm a little extra too, um, <laughs> with all of that. And so it, it, it is an interesting thing, but you know, we, we learn to respect each other in that process. He gives me my space to, to pour into other people and to do that. His way of doing it is more behind the scenes. He doesn't, he's not as hands-on. And, but what I love is he's just as generous. It just looks different. Um, you know, and again, I think that's another really unique example that, you know, as we, we learn and grow in our, in our journey as human beings, that whether it's the person we've chosen to, to partner with, or whether it's a business partner or whether it's our children or what, you know, whatever the scenario is, is we learn to, to see each other, first of all, as all being equal, which is not always easy. 
I mean, it, that's, it sounds so good when it comes out of your mouth, you know, but, and I'll tell you, even as a parent, it's hard for me sometimes, you know, and I'm realizing that yeah, every time one of my children has reached late stage and becoming a young adult, you know, it's hard for me sometimes to go, oh, you're an adult. Cause I look at him and go, you're still a kid. Good luck. You know? And I, but I have to choose to see them as equal if I'm going to, to, to interact with them in a way that sets them up for their own success. And so in relationships and parenting and business, all those areas, if we can come to that table and really, really see each other for who we really are, then you make room for those things that are crazy or annoying or frustrating or misunderstood. It's incredible. That's fantastic. And, 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 and that is what, why it's so important consciously uh, selecting people that we want to spend time that appreciate us and values us who we are. That's right. When if we're different so that we don't have to change in order to satisfy somebody else's expectations, but then also that we can equally contribute because, again, all of us with a purpose and a reason here, only some That's of right. us unfold that purpose in such a different way and, and, and reach might be further. But right now we have an almost equal playing field. Would you say that? With yeah. technology, with our own yeah. voices, with our own story, with our own experiences, more than ever, we have the message from the world to the world coming from these individual voices, right? That's right. You know, yesterday, and again, I have to tout on Clubhouse just because I think it's a really, I'm doing a lot of like paying attention and studying up on this. And I've got a few friends who are writing books and articles on this movement right now. But yesterday um, I was, I was leading a room, moderating in a room and he, he is actually a good friend of mine, but uh, Naveen Jain came in to be kind of the featured guest. And Naveen is a multi-billionaire, uh, very successful entrepreneur. Um, and one of the things I love about Naveen that people don't know, he owns the land rights to the moon. Like, I don't know how you do that. I have no clue how you pull that off, but if you want to land, if you want to land on the moon, you have to get his signature. You can't like not a government his, he owns it. So that's how, how much he has accomplished as an individual. So, but Naveen came in, he's just such a humble, brilliant mind. But I think what you said, we're on an even playing field more than we realize right now is that he came into this, this chat room and clubhouse. And so I'm moderating and it's so, it was so cool to watch people who never thought they would be able to share a space and have a conversation with somebody who has accomplished that much, who is worth that much money, who we would assume by perception is untouchable. And yet he was right there. They, they're sharing that space together. They're sharing that moment together. They're having a conversation. And I think one of my favorite moments yesterday was when he one of the girls asked a very, very pointed question. He goes, let me give you my email. And a lot of times people will do that. I'll give you my email. Here it is. And it goes to their secretary, goes to their assistant. But I know Naveen and the email address that he gave goes to his phone. He gets it in his hand. It's not going to somebody else. And he put himself in that connection. And I think we have to have kind of a faith in believing that we can step into those spaces and places. Because I remember when I met Naveen, and I, I, I say this to challenge everybody, I think he's a great living example of what it means to have all these things that we've been talking about. He embodies them. I met him for the first time a few years ago when I was in Europe and he was speaking at a thing that I was at. Actually, I was speaking there too, but not in the same, like he was on the big stage. I was on the little stage. <laughs> and um, it, it was, so we were talking afterwards and he, he just said, I'd love for you to go to breakfast with my wife and I. 
And so the next morning we went to breakfast and they spent five hours just getting to know me, just pouring into me and for nothing, they get nothing out of me. I've got nothing to offer them, you know, other than just friendship relationship, you know, and I've not brought a thing to the table experiences. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what he did is he gave me time and it was a time in my life. He didn't know this. It was a time in my life where I needed to be reminded I can do this. I've got what it takes. I got to keep going. I got to keep pushing. I got to keep growing. I got to not give up because we all need those moments. But that wasn't what we talked about. That wasn't what he knew about. It just proved to me that I had value. And, you know, showing that to other people changes the whole journey. It definitely does. And that is so powerful. And it's so interesting. I'm glad you mentioned him because first time in my uh, career, I ran into also attorney that is space attorney. And I thought it's yeah. a and and she is the master just for everything related to the space. And then I start thinking, of course, with with Tesla, with with SpaceX, and 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 Elon Musk, and other guys that are really pushing yeah. uh, with technology. And 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 just points it out that we are now living in a time when so much is available and so many new things are coming. And and we just need to embrace the newness as well. Yeah. But that humanity and human aspect. Uh, is it going to be still unreplaceable because nobody can give the hug and touch right. and, 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 and tone of voice and, and true genuine intention behind it as, as, as we humans can do, right? Well, and here's the thing. I think, you know, when we look at the, and I think specifically right now at this stage in our, in our history, anywhere in the world, as individuals, if we can, if we always have the focus of serving the needs of a human being, not the function of consumerism or economics or, you know, mechanics or whatever, the, the meet the core needs of the human existence, which is, you know, shelter, food, you know, safety and security and relationships. And we can support those things. Like whatever you are doing, whatever you are creating, whatever you are thinking, whatever you are writing, whatever you are leading has an opportunity to make an unbelievable impact on the planet because you're not creating something or leading something or doing something that's only for just one kind of person or a few kind of people, but it's for all people. And your possibility of really impacting the world is exponentially increased when you're meeting a true need of the human experience, not just a need and not just a want of, of the human consumerism and ego and all of those things. And toys and things just to show up and, and put, have up videos and photos or, or tag people to yeah. say, this is who I'm rubbing elbows with. And I love what you shared because again, can we, can, and I love people that are continue to have, uh, you know, modest and not phased celebrity type of lifestyle because yeah. the same thing with me, how we want to reach more with the money that we have and, and, and give them more opportunities for others. Yeah. Like we're sharing with Naveen, he gave you his time. How many people we show up also give our time right. and right. years later, tremendous transformation that occurred right. because we need to shop for one another. We don't always right. have look at what's in there for me, what value can I extract and all the bus and quick fix and quicks, yeah. you know, me, me, me and, 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 and quick, quick money because I see a lot of people are right now chasing that and they're repelling more and more people. That's if right. they just change and ask from heart and then share their story, people will serve and support and financially help. I was part of it on Clubhouse when they did a phenomenal fundraiser for single moms. 
Yeah. Into insane fundraising budget and, and opportunity and women were crying because who is struggling the most, you know? So I'm, I'm just saying it's a ripple effect, tons of value yeah. on so many levels. Uh, the question it is again, how do we start? showing up right that's right it is just showing up and i i think that's the key thing i get asked that all the time you know i one of the things that i lead on on clubhouse pra practically every day for five or six hours right now is uh listening you have to ping me when you're in the groups please. yeah i'll do that so i'm usually in leading these groups where we're, we're giving strategy and help to startups or, or, or entrepreneurs and businesses and um you know, when I'm, when I'm talking to somebody who's getting ready to start a business, that's the most common question. How do I do this? And I'm like, you get up today and you put one foot in front of the other and you just take the next right step. That's it. One at a time. You can't accomplish it all at once. You're not going to have success overnight, you know, and even if you had an overnight success, there was a story that goes before that. So nothing happens overnight. It is a, it is a journey and it's one day, one step, one moment, one decision at a time and not being afraid to fail. I think that is probably the thing. Fear kills more dreams than anything on the planet because people are afraid to do exactly what you said, just show up. Yes, in order to get our greatness, we have to overcome our fears. That's right. That's such a very powerful message. Anything else in the closing you wanna share? Because I wanna just thank you, Christina Cooper, Marco, Evstas, uh, and uh, there was a few other names. I'm sorry if I missed you guys because we had a long thread here just for thank you for participating and asking yeah. very good questions and sharing also yeah. your stories because, again, this is all about a collective, not just to us, Michael and myself, uh, and, and our dialogue here. So yeah. anything you want to share in closing because I know you have busy schedule and it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I'm just super thankful. You know, here, here's what I, I tell everybody. Just do do exactly what I was talking about. Go out, do for do for one person what you wish you could do for everybody. And just repeat that over and over and over because the world will be a better place when we all make that choice. And, you know, you have the ability, you know, I say this and I will, I'll say this outside the idea of faith. I'll take faith off the table, just a story. If this this dude named Jesus could you know, live with a small group of people and have 12, 12 buddies that he hung out with a few thousand years ago and just just show up and, and do for one what you wish you could do for everybody. And we're sitting here thousands of years later telling stories about him. You can have a ripple effect that big too. All you got to do is show up. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And one more thing, where people can find you, obviously people on LinkedIn can find you on LinkedIn, but you were mentioning earlier your uh, documentary we're working with Syrian refugee is that out is the live is so I don't own I yeah I don't own that um, people could certainly send me a message and I can get information where they can find it um, I wish I owned that I wish that was my documentary because it was an incredible thing to work on um, so but yeah but most of my stuff is at my my website which is just Michael Robison uh, and I tell folks there's no N in the middle of my last name. It's just Robison. So R-O-B-I-S-O-N. So michaelrobison.cc. And so there you'll see a lot of my personal stuff. You'll see pictures of my kids, my life. You can see what I do in business um, and all of the different things that, that I, the plethora of things I have going on. My podcast is linked there. There's all kinds of great things there. And I'd love to connect. And then social media right here, whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm on all, all the platforms. I'm on 
Clubhouse too. So if you're on Clubhouse, come find me. It's the same screen name everywhere you go. It's just my name. Fantastic. I will add that link. And then, guys, thank you again. And, Michael, was absolute pleasure. We're looking yes. forward to seeing you on Clubhouse and outside. And this is to be continued. I feel Absolutely. like there's a lot of great opportunities coming your way. You know it. You know it. We'll do it again for sure. So Take thanks for having me today. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.